You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are pumped that you're with us this morning. Brad Gray and Janine Bitson, we are moving on to the second segment here. And we're actually going to be diving deep into the theology of the body uh, as St. John Paul II, St. John Paul the Great gave yeah. us. And we have uh, one of the experts on theology of the body on with us this morning, Bill Donahue, the, the content curriculum specialist for the Theology of the Body Institute. Good morning and thanks for being with us, Bill. Good morning to you both. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Um, this is a treat, absolutely. Uh, Bill, you and I have known each other for a handful of years now, and it's, it's, I've felt like I've gained so much from, uh, from your insight into the theology of the body. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is a, word, a term that gets used a lot, theology of the body, but I think the majority of people still don't have a lot of clarity of what exactly the theology of the body is. I would love for you to kind of maybe lay out what is theology of the body and, and maybe even share with us your own initial experience of theology of the body and how that was, uh, was powerful and moving for you. Sure, I'd love to. And you're right, Brad. It's always, uh, there's always an opportunity to unpack again what this means when you hear the phrase, because it's not uh, sort of everyday parlance, right? Theology of the body. What is this? In simplest terms, and um, by the way, simple also means depth. There's incredible levels of depth mm-hmm. to this. Uh, and I've been studying it for 20 years head-on, and I still, uh, it's just so deep and so beautiful. Theology of the body is really just another way of saying what it means to be human. We are uh, made in the image of God, male and female. He created us in Genesis. So the theology of the body means that you're a composite of spirit and matter, body and soul, in the words of John Paul II, destined to live forever. And uh, John Paul II has just given it this phrase, theology of the body, to say that our biology, our bodily existence, this is who we are, means that we're more than just this earth. We have an eternal destiny. Our, our maleness and femaleness points all the way up. It's not just the biological reality. It goes all the way up into the heart of God, who is love, and made us in His image to love. That's your 45-second uh, mm. Summary (laughs) thing of theology of the body, but it's so as you can see, it's something we all know and heard have heard before. I made an image of God, but when you look at the dance of man and woman and love, uh, it it starts to point you immediately up and out of yourself, and that's what John Paul has gifted us with—a new look into the mystery of being human. And I think that that's something that's really incredibly powerful and deep, as you've mentioned, Bill. That I think there can be a common Christian notion that what really matters is the spirit. And like, ultimately, you know, after we die, the body's going to go into the ground and we're going to go up and be with God, right? And and this happens not only in non-Catholic circles, but in Catholic as well. And yet you were talking about how the body, our maleness and femaleness, actually not only kind of point us and direct us, but they they lead us in, in a, a uniquely a specific way to this this communion with God, right? So it's, it's not just like yeah. get through the body and then finally get to the good stuff mm-hmm. of the spirit, right? Right, exactly. There's this there's this line from Shakespeare where he talks about death as, uh, or one of his characters says, I'll shuffle off this mortal coil, as if we're like a snake or something, and we get rid of the body <laughs> and, and enter into the light. It's funny, because it's actually heretical. Mm-hmm. We say every Sunday, I believe in the resurrection of the body. 
Jesus, Mary, are literally bodily in heaven. There's a male body and a female body, a brain, heart, lungs, blood, uh, in heaven, in the eternal dance, waiting for us for the final resurrection. So it really is a chance to be reconciled to this. You know, we, we, we see often at the Institute, you don't have a body as if it's a piece of luggage that carries your soul around, right? You're, you don't have a body. You are a body. And God has destined our body, our whole self, for eternal glory. And that's what we believe. That's the very fabric, the DNA of our Christianity. Is we believe in the goodness and the restoration and resurrection of the body. That is some good news right there. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible news. And yet there's this pilgrimage on earth that we're going through. And when St. John Paul II, you know, was reflecting on this, he really looked at Genesis 1 through 3 and even Ephesians 5, and, and what it says about marriage. And, and that's the, the purpose of marriage is that we become one in union with God, you know, in the church. I mean, that's, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And how theology of the body and the teachings of it can really help our marriages become stronger and, and lead us yes. to that eternal resurrection. Yeah, the one I love to mean is that it connects Earthly marriage is the sign, and it's really the sign that St. John Paul II said he fell in love with as a young priest in Poland. He said, I fell in love with human love, because he saw in the sign of marriage, which passes away in this world, a little glimmer of what's to come in the next world. And this is Scripture, right? Right. Scripture Mm -hmm. is dripping with marital, spousal imagery. We talk about the marriage uh, feast of heaven, the wedding feast of the Lamb. It's not isolated or foreign or detached from our experience of that most intimate uh, relationship, marriage and family on earth, if there's a continuum, and boy, you know, when we understand that, all of life gets changed, right? We start to even see our relationship with God is different. We don't just follow the rules to the big guy upstairs, you know? That's not a very romantic way of looking at religion, but religion is a romance at the end of the day. It is what the saints and mystics experience as the most beautiful... uh, relationship of love, so much more than just following the rules. And when Catholics get that, when Christians see that, that that's what religion is, a bond of love, it's, it's a game changer. Beautiful. Yeah, it, and it is. It's it's just so important. Um, marriage has been so under attack, and, you know, sexual mm-hmm. integrity is just... Uh, mm-hmm. it's really the root of so many of the problems. They say the root of all evil is money. I, I would say the root of all evil is <laughs> the lack of sexual integrity. Um, you know, yes, when you, I agree. You think about all the issues that happen from that when we don't recognize, oh, just the incredible sacredness of our spouse in marriage. Mm-hmm. That's right. It, it, again, a game changer. I, my eyes open. I see the way God intended me to see, and everything changes. This is what brings joy. I mean, I've been studying this teaching, again, for a couple decades now, and it brings joy, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I start to see that I have a role to play in this. And as you said, it's all about integration. It's about the oneness that God dreamed of as we live in a culture of disintegration, right? When things seem to be constantly falling apart, God's saying, no, bring it together. Yeah. Say, Bill, there, it's, I'm struck oftentimes by, you know, the, the Catholic faith is, is one that's so, so visceral and tangible. It, it has, you know, you, you taste and smell and touch and sacraments and so on. And, and we're reminded 
just through Catholicity in general, but I think John Paul throws a spotlight on the fact that matter matters, that um, all of creation, all the, the mundane things that we see around us constantly, every day, um, are charged with mystery, and they're charged with yeah. signs of God. I think theology of the body, uh, like I said, it, it just throws this floodlight on, on creation so that we can encounter it more truthfully, more, more really, right? I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, yes, yes. And I know uh, we're going to talk about the Congress that's coming up yeah. this coming weekend. I'm literally giving a keynote called The Way of Wonder. Mm. And it's really about this whole thing of coming back to our senses. It's ironic, too, right? This isn't some sort of escapism to talk about beauty and wonder and awe. Mm. It's not escapism. It's actually the deepest form of realism. Mm-hmm. We're living in a culture that's escapist. We're right. touching smartphone screens and we're clicking on social media links, all disembodied things that are, you know, it's great to communicate, but God wants us to have communion, which is worlds apart. And that means, as you said, I taste and see that the Lord is good. I breathe in the air. I experience this day through the gift of my senses and everything I see, smell, taste, touch literally comes from the hand of God, right, in creation and what surrounds me. And so in that way, we're invited into a mystical life, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think Carl Honor said this, that uh, the Christian of the 21st century will be a mystic or no Christian at all. Mm-hmm. And I think he's pointing to what the theology of the body is when you mm-hmm. get this. You see, you truly see. Yeah, and, and it is such a society of me, myself, and I, and you're right, it's it's mm. it's so much deeper than that, and how shallow that is when the world looks at that, or how you view yourself when you just think it's just me, myself, and I. I mean, you're depending on others to affirm you, or uh, it, but if you look at yourself as a child of God, and the plan that God mm. has for you, and that you're a temple of God, it, it's just like the way of wonder yeah. <laughs> i mean uh the way of wonderful i should say it, it's just yeah. awesome yeah i would uh, i would add too that um you know it's we're we're at a time right now where there's certainly a war on the body right i mean there's yeah. there's um certainly an uncomfortability both with masculinity and with femininity we we have a we live in a culture where they want to strip away all the uniqueness of each of them into some sort of unifex, unisex, unisex yeah uh, uniform mm-hmm. um, type of way of being right where where there's nothing threatening yeah. about the, this this particular being this particular person being unique from that particular person um, and then along with that you know accompanying that now as a fruit of that uh, I think we have this whole issue of transgenderism. Like, my body doesn't matter. My biology yeah. means nothing. It's really who I am inside, yeah. what my heart is. Uh, can you throw, you know, help to unveil that? Yeah. Yeah. And first off, mercy on those who are in this place of confusion and fog. Yes. Yes. call it gender, gender dysphoria. We have a generation now coming up, not knowing the original blueprints of Genesis, not hearing it, or not believing it true. And so we're literally homeless from our own bodies. We are drifting around thinking that matter doesn't matter. Uh, Christopher, my dear colleague and good, good friend, uh, has a book, Christopher West has a book, Eclipse of the Body. It's really a short, sweet address to this whole issue of of transgenderism and gender dysphoria. And really, at its root, and we can say this here on this this interview, at its root, this is a demonic attack. Mm -hmm. If we, if the body, if maleness, femaleness, man and woman, made in the image of God, is the sign of God in the visible world, this is exactly what the evil one is going to attack. Yes. And he has attacked it 
from the beginning in Genesis 3 to this moment. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever, it seems like it's this alienation from the flesh, right? Yep. St. Irenaeus, in the beginning of the Church, he said, the flesh is the hinge of salvation. Mm-hmm. We can't run from our bodies. We can't hide. We have to embrace, come home to our bodies, and mercy, right, for those seeking it. The answer doesn't lie apart from the body, but it's in and through the body that we come to realize the truth of God. Awesome. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break here. We'll step away for a couple of minutes. But on the other side of this break, I want to go into that a little bit more, Bill, um, especially that aspect of really it is it is a sort of detestation for the flesh that the fathers spoke about as possibly being the reason for the rebellion of, of Lucifer, right? And so go yeah, into that right. and uh, and then go into how does one actually begin to put on the mind of the theology of the body and, and what that means for us as Catholics uh, moving forward into this, this century and, and beyond. Um, So stay with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As a working Catholic professional, your needs and priorities for returning to college don't match a traditional campus experience. That's why the University of Mary has created a portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online graduate programs that are sure to align with today's needs. Advance your skills while strengthening your faith at the University of Mary. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. And uh, I remember when uh, they came around looking for donations at the churches when they were trying to get it started. And it really hit me when, I don't even remember who it was, came around, but it was just like, I think that I need this. Because I wanted to be be fed. Uh, I wasn't taking time to read my Bible or any of that, but I just knew it was like, well, if I could listen to stuff on the radio like he talked about. And so it, it was everything that it said and more, you yeah. know, in all reality. So. It doesn't take a lot of effort to turn it on. It does not take a lot of effort. You know, sometimes, really, it, I'm going to back up on that and say it, it, it almost does, because if you want to be drawn in and contemplate what is all being said on the radio, there's a lot of stuff that gets kind of deep. It's like, well, it makes you contemplate. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, okay, am I, am I ready to, to take this food in and digest it and all that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the spiritual food? So, yeah, it's it's been, it's been really good for me from, from my faith walk. It, S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All right, and we are having an awesome discussion with Bill Donahue from the Theology of the Body Institute, talking about, first of all, what is the theology of the body? But we're, we're kind of um, beginning to hone that a little bit and to realize what is the significance of the theology of the body in that, um, you know, George Weigel, the, the great biographer of, of St. John Paul the Great, 
uh, had made a statement to the effect of the theology of the body is a is a ticking time bomb that he expects to go off somewhere in the 21st century that will influence and impact every aspect of Catholic theology. Like, this is not a minor thing. This is at the very core of who we understand ourselves to be as Catholics and who we are in relationship to God. Um, and, you know, so Bill— you know, the Father is really the only explanation that I'm aware of that's ever been kind of posited for why Lucifer, this great angel of light, um, you know, high in the esteem of, of the angelic ranks, why he would rebel against God. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the Father's suspected or posited that it, it could be that he was given an image of the incarnation, um, this, this, you know, little baby, and was was told to serve, and his reply was, I will not serve. Can you kind of fill that in and, and then kind of take that to how that impacts, you know, what, what I believe to be the center of the salt of, of the devil is, is on the flesh? Yes, exactly. Brad, this is so powerful. I wish we had three hours. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I really, right, Janine? I really, it's so fascinating because it, and this isn't just, this is a vein of speculative theology, as they say, because mm-hmm. we don't have like a, a scriptural, there's reference, it's, 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 it's speculative theology. But when you look at salvation history from, from scripture, from the beginning into this day, you see um, clear signs that this is exactly what's going on. Because here in scripture we have Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the same vein, we can say the evil one is the same yeah. yesterday, mm. today, and forever. And he has attacked the body from the beginning. He attacked Eve, the mother of all the living. Mm-hmm. He, he separated the man and woman so they could not, would not conceive, right, be one flesh. He hates it. And I believe you're right. I think, <clears throat> as we see in, in St. Mystics, even to Edith Stein, St. Edith Stein talked about this in the Reflections on Man and Woman, mm-hmm. that he, he could see what was coming, and so he hates the flesh. He, he, it, it, it's too beneath him. So his radical pride is that I would never serve, whereas the good angels fall down in adoration, right? They're there at the Incarnation. They're singing praises to God, Gloria, right, in excelsis Deo, because of the humility of God. And they're protecting us, too, Bill. I mean, you think of how the three archangels protect us and all the angels, Mm -hmm. our guardian angels. It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know. From the moment of our conception, right. from the moment of our conception in the womb, we have these these guides, these these wonderful guides that will be with us for all eternity. That I mean, when you're humble enough to let go and let go of yourself and enter that mystery, the only fruit is wonder and awe and joy, mm-hmm. right? But when you, if you're full of pride, like the evil one, it's a source of rage and jealousy. So the attack, as we're saying here, is always on the flesh, always on the body, always on marriage. And it's, this is a chilling thought. Sister Lucia, the final visionary of Fatima, mm-hmm. uh, Cardinal Kafara had written her a letter. He was concerned, this was a while ago, about the state of marriage and in, in, in family and the culture today. And Sister Lucia, who had seen Our Lady face-to-face in Fatima, she said, the final battle will be over marriage and the family. The final battle. Mm-hmm. But she said, do mm-hmm. not be afraid. She, Our Lady, has already crushed its head. Mm-hmm. The mother of all the living is now Our Lady, and she shows us what an integrated life is all about, body and soul. Our very womb bore Jesus, the Word made flesh. So what's the answer? In all the chaos of the day and the confusion, it's go to Jesus, go to Mary, be in, you know, 
enjoy the gift of your bodily life. This is where it is through our senses. The Lord comes to us, the sacraments. It's about, again, again, coming home to our bodies and being mm-hmm. at peace. You know, Bill, I'm, I'm struck as we're having this conversation about theology of the body, about this, the depth and richness, the profundity of it all. And, um, you know, I think it can it can seem at times uh, like this is almost kind of like a hobby. You know, like like theology is kind of it's very interesting and it's academic and it's fun thoughts. But you know, what bearing does it actually have on my my real day to day life? You know, how does that impact you know yeah. who I am? And I, I think about um, you know, there's one of my great one of my favorite uh, texts on the greatest summary of the faith that. That in my book, anyway, is is Frank Sheed's theology and sanity. Um, sanity, yeah. yeah. And you always have to say it carefully, otherwise it sounds like theology insanity. But it's kind of at the point. Of, <laughs> well, we are pretty radical. <laughs> well, and that's actually the, that that's the point in I think his preface or introduction to to the book is he talks about true sanity is to see the world as the church sees it because that's seeing reality. Like, this isn't something that's just kind of like academic exercise and fun thoughts to think. This actually tells us how we live well, like how, right. how um, we thrive, how we succeed in life in terms of corresponding to who we are made to be, right? So how does someone begin to put on the mind of Christ, as St. Paul urges, to, to, um, to try to begin to understand and then assimilate this theology of the body, so it's not merely some sort of academic hobby. Uh, yeah. Like, how do you begin to get into that? <clears throat> Grant, I love that. I love the, I love the uh, like the authentic desire for it. <laughs> make this real, right? It, yeah. And it's got to be real. I, you know, I, I do. It, it's for me teaching for the institute now, fourteen years, come on fifteen years. It, to me, it is. It's fascinating. It, it doesn't feel like a hobby, but it is so fun. I just mm-hmm. love yep. seeing the insights in Scripture, the Catechism, the Church Fathers, the Saints, but. Really, though, it, it has to be real. So when I step away from teaching a five-day course or giving a, a lecture or a keynote, and I, you know, I, I stop at the deli to pick up a sandwich, or I'm driving home to pick up, you know, something for my wife and the kiddos when I get home, and I see this cashier or I see this person at the toll booth as I'm driving along, I, I sincerely look at them and say, like, here it is. Mm-hmm. Everything I teach about, have read about, studied and prayed about, this person before me is is of infinite worth and value. And so that literally changes the quality of my day, right? When I go home, i got to keep this present, my spouse, my kids. This is the real school right here, the school of the family and the school of holiness, this person that uh, to me is an invitation, right? I can read about it, but the best thing is to, to look at the face of this person. And here's an invitation to wonder and awe to love and respect mm-hmm. uh, a person whose depths I have never, I haven't, I haven't plumbed the depths of my own spirit. I haven't figured out myself yet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm over 50 years old. Like here's opportunities all around me and my coworkers, my, my friends, family. It's like, what's going on? What's your story? Who are you? Where have we come from? And we get to enter into real dialogue. And then when there's conflict or, you know, and boy, are we in the age of conflict, right? right? Good grief. There's so much stuff going on. We just need to be present to each other, listen to each other, and people are thirsty for this. They just want to—they want somebody to look them in the eye and just like listen, listen. And it, it, sometimes as Catholics, it's hard because we're so embattled. You know, we're so attacked. Good grief! Look at Amy Coney Barrett's hearing mm, right. you know, or whatever yeah. it was. It's just. But what do we do? We look and listen, 
can we be human again? And this is what the world is longing for. It's human contact, yeah. human intimacy. That's where it all becomes real. Yeah. And and when you say that, you know, the conflict that we're living in and stuff, sometimes things just have to get so bad that it wakes up more <laughs> mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. And even when you look yeah. at the lives of the saints and how many, I mean, there are certain periods in time where the saints that have come out of that period are phenomenal. And, and he's calling us all to that uh, to be there for that stranger that is made in the image and likeness of God, just as our very selves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no time for contempt and anger and, and hate. Uh, we need wow. to really look at that other person, that stranger, as a child of God. And like you say, God's mercy, wow, when we realize yeah. where we come from, I mean, none of us mm-hmm. are exempt from God's mercy. Yeah, yeah. Say, Bill, we're coming to yeah. the last couple of minutes here, but there's a wonderful opportunity that the Theology of the Body Institute is is putting out for people to really kind of um, dive deep into the theology of the body, or or for those who just want to tip their toes in, right? To to uh, to begin yeah. to familiarize themselves um, ourselves with with what is this this vision? What is this reality? Honestly, yeah. that God has created um, so that we can we can come to know that and live that more fully, right? Um, so, do you want to talk just briefly about the Theology sure. by Virtual Congress? I'd love to. And thanks thanks so much for this conversation. It's yeah. just very life-giving. I, oh. I always love to dive in. So, Amen. we're having our fourth our fourth International Theology Body Congress. And this year, we were going to head to Cleveland, Ohio, but, you know, thank you, COVID. We're mm-hmm. going to do it virtually. But this opens up the doors to the whole world, essentially. Yeah. So, October 30th to November 1st, it's going to have incredibly dynamic live uh, encounters, Q and A's, breakout sessions. So it's going to be uh, keynotes. I'll be giving one. We have uh, George Weigel will be giving a keynote. Dr. Mikhail Waldstein, who translated theology of the body mm. from original Polish. We've got Dr. Janet Smith, Dr. Scott Hahn, Christopher West, Sister Mary James, and a boatload of other amazing breakout speakers like Matt Fradd, Jason Everett. Um, we've yeah, so many, so many great speakers. I can't wait to open it up. So people can go to tobcongress.com, and uh, it's really a full weekend jam-packed with all different sorts of topics, concepts, and thoughts gleaned from Theology of the Body, and people can really interact. You can literally bring questions, um, and through your iPad, your iPhone, your computer, engage the content, engage the speakers, and uh, we're just thrilled to offer it to, to people to jump on board. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for being on with us this morning. Thank you and the Theology of the Body Institute for helping to help us, you know, dive deep into this uh, John Paul's Theology of the Body. It's just a gift. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill. All right. Well, we are going to have to step away, but on the other side of this break, we're going to talk with Terry Beatley from the Hosea Initiative here on Real Presence Live right after this. 